the words that we spoke, yeah, only with our eyes. Now is the time to choose. Somebody wins and some lose. I can see through your disguise. Lay it down, hope for something better. Looking at the clouds, the sun. everybody, it's Neil with the Dastardly Gentleman, and with me I have Frank! Say hi, Frank. Hello. I was very concerned there for a second. I was like, am I, am I gonna be in this one? Should I, should, I, should I go? Like, I don't know why you didn't just pop up right away, but whatever. I don't, I don't know. Hey, here I am now, and that's what's important. That's what's important, indeed. So, uh, if you haven't been reading the news, it's my birthday today. Happy birthday! Which is not in the news. It's it's in my news in your news. You got a you got a you got a pamphlet for that? I mean, I've been handing them out all day. <laughs> hey, hey, did you know it's my birthday? It's my it's my birthday. <laughs> what did you give me? You gonna kill my here, party? <laughs> <laughs> um, also reading the news. Uh, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Um, is we're gonna talk about the history of the world, foreign powers, recommended by our buddy Dean. Your suggestions matter. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, government takeovers. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't been reading the news, just so you know, I think it's... I, okay, I've been reading a lot of stuff, but it's kind of conflicting. What, what's the consensus, Frank? Did we experience uh, voter tampering or election tampering? I that that actually isn't really that clear because they the the accusation is did Russia interfere with the election in some way? Yes, because they were getting they were like running the ads and and whatever. But I mean, like as far as like hacking and uh, influencing the way that the election was conducted, I don't I don't really know if if they've decided that or not. All right. So it's still kind of up in the air. They're still they're still investigating it. Uh, a lot of what I've been hearing lately, I mean, you know, you're gonna get from my perspective. So use your noggin here, do your own research. But from what I can tell, originally, you know, if another if a foreign power were to um, interfere in our elections, it would be. A grave injustice and it would it would require retaliation and this that and the other but now that it might actually be happening those same people are saying well we do it to other countries so you know it's it's kind of what comes around goes around so what, what do you why do you think that is Frank why do I think that it's co goes around comes around why do you think that the, the position changed so quickly when these same people were very much so against um, American elections being tampered with, but now they're you know it's okay. It happens to everybody. I I don't know. I mean, like I think I think a lot of it probably is that you know you've got uh, it would be it would be terrible if they did it, but then you know they're like well, well I mean is it is it that bad though? You know I guess I don't know. Maybe it's like this um, uh, the good old American uh, complacency issue. 
or the uh, false equivalency. Being like, well, just because like we used to do it to other people doesn't, you know, means that it's okay if it happens to us. It's not okay either way. By the way, no. both of them are immoral injustice. Absolutely. I'm just saying. I mean, I think it's because it's happening on their team. You know, the whole gang mentality thing. Oh well, if it would have been a Democrat, then you know, <laughs> then burn him at the stake. But I don't sure. know. You know, it's it's. I think it's a team thing. It doesn't matter who it happens to or what what happens. If there's tampering in an election, if there's voter fraud, if there's any of that shit, like we have no recourse other than go to war with that country that did it. But we're obviously not doing that. Um, well, we still I mean, like it, the the even if as we are right now, we can hit them with like uh, a whole variety of sanctions. True. I mean, like that. That that'll do us probably a lot more good than anything else. And the fact that like if you can actually like prove it, at least like not even beyond a shadow of a doubt, but prove to enough people that it's taking place, that that person will get a further sanctions from NATO and the UN. And not to mention they would probably lose their security privilege, which they should. But apparently, you know, unfortunately, my like I this is one of those things where like I kind of agree with Trump in a lot of ways. Where like he's like, well, yeah, we should we should you know no one shouldn't even be in NATO like. Or the UN, like he's probably not wrong. Okay, because I mean it's a it's a supercilious organization that serves absolutely no purpose at this point. Because like whenever things actually are happening in NATO countries, they don't do anything. So it's like, well, if, if we're gonna pay for it, and we're gonna have NATO, and we're going to make it so that it's supposed to oversee all these other countries, and you're not gonna actually step in whenever an injustice has gone on between the two and moderate it in some way. What what good are you? Because I mean, they you know like NATO was like, whenever they were doing the um the ethnic cleansing in Kosovo, well we're gonna we're gonna write a strongly worded letter to Slobodan Milosevic, really because he's fucking killing anyone anyway. I mean I'm sure he read your letter. Okay. Like, no, shoot those shoot those children, put them in the put them in a ditch. It doesn't matter. Kinda, Fuck them. They're served. Kill them. Kind of reminds me of uh, the Phantom Menace. But oh, okay, you want me to explain that? Okay, I, I feel that. like I feel like you need to qualify that a little because I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, so I will, I will make it illegal. So one of the reasons why um, uh, Palpatine came into power, which is a lot of it was by his influence, but basically, Amidala comes to the Senate to uh, beg the Senate to stop the Trade Federation from invading Naboo. And killing their people. And then Palpatine be like, look. The, the head guy, he's going to like tell you uh, we're totally going to help. And then those guys are going to be like, hey, we should send a, a crew to investigate these claims that you're making. These wildly false claims that you're making. And then, then what you should do is vote for no confidence in the chancellor. And it went down exactly like that. So, basically, the chancellor said, "Hey, um, you know what? I, I, you were there. Your people are dying, but we don't. I mean, we don't all believe you. So we're we're gonna send out a crew to check on that, just to make sure. By the time we get there, they'll probably all be dead. But we got to make sure. It it is it is a lot like that. And and the thing that's really kind of galling about it is that there was already evidence." 
that this was taking place. Like right. they had already they had already done the investigation, and then the UN was like, "Well, we need to make a motion to make a motion to go in there and then find out, you know, whether or not we need to step in." And it's like, "Well, this is the purpose that you serve. This is the whole reason for your existence is to is to mitigate this kind of you know uh, acts against humanity." So if you're saying that you're going to have to make a strongly worded letter and then you're going to have to make a motion to make a motion, you know, no, you know, children are being killed in the streets simply because of like the particular tribe that they're in. And this is in, in a supposedly, you know, NATO UN protected area. So what you need to be doing is that as soon as you even like, as soon as you have the hint that that's happening, you need to start sounding the drums of war. Yes. I mean, at the very least, mobilize a substantial force to go in there and keep the peace until you do find out what's happening. Absolutely. I mean, and then what they did end up doing is they sent in a token force to basically be like, "All right, everybody, put your guns down." And then what did what did uh, Milosevic's guys do? They killed them. And then what's even worse is they killed them, and then they wore their uniforms and they pretended to be UN soldiers to lure out people that were in hiding. Because they thought the UN had come to save them, and then they rounded them all up and murdered them all. Damn. And then, to my understanding, it took America individually to come in and then actually stop it. That's crazy. I I don't. I mean, I guess I wasn't too far into the news back then, but damn, I had no idea. It. it I mean, it was it was brutal, and it was one of those things where it came about because it, you know the. The destabilization that area came about after the fall of the Soviet Union, which it, even during the Soviet Union, it really wasn't all that much better. But I mean, once once you had all the little vassal states, or the sorry, that's feudal. Once you had all the satellite states broke away from from the greater part of the USSR, you ended up having all these little like I don't know, like beef dominar fights, and then it went right back to the old uh, Cossack style of this tribe versus that tribe. And it was, it's the exact, I mean, it's it's the same way it's been for a bazillion years. And it seems to always revert that way whenever there's no greater greater authority in the area. Right. I mean, like, if they, if you had if you had Alexander there, it didn't happen. If you had Rome there, it didn't happen. If you had Russia there, it didn't happen. But, like, if you leave them alone, it'll happen. It's just like the Middle East. If you don't have, if you don't have some overarching superpower to sit on the Middle East and keep them from killing each other, they will immediately result resort back to tribal warfare. Like it's it's insane. Like if you can see it throughout the course of history, they had tribal warfare up until the point of the Crusades. During the Crusades, they were all fractured and divided, getting killed constantly by the Crusaders until all of a sudden they decided, hey, we should probably have a singular person to be able to have to put put into power. And then they were more or less unsuccessful up until Saladin came around, and then he united all the tribes. But then immediately preceding his death. They fractured again, and they all started killing each other again. It's like you don't have to fucking do that all the time. It's unnecessary to constantly kill yourselves. Stop. I mean, Stop. you say that, but I mean, we are on the outside looking in over there. You, you, you don't. I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? Okay, so what do you think brings other than you know a government official, government head, or whatever, like? Uh, Whatever. I mean, what do you think brings a society together so that um, if, like, I mean, how does it work for America? How does it work for any other um, more civilized country when there's a change of power or when there's a loss of uh, the head? How does uh, it America's, work? America's always 
America's always functioned under the the principle of um, one one nation, one purpose, one goal. So you know we have we we as a nation tend to gravi- gravitate towards the the ideal of of the nobility of freedom and the autonomy of the individual while still serving an overall collective purpose. So our overall collective purpose is the perpetuation of our nation, but the we serve the ideal that the individual is free to make that choice. Right. Well, the nations, it's more it's more compulsory. Like, you know, you will you will serve the state in this way, China. You will serve, you know, the oligarchy in this way or you will lose everything, Russia. Or like, you know, you're required to vote a certain way, you know, otherwise like you uh, or you risk being ostracized by the greater part of uh, of society, the UK, and to a larger degree, um, uh, the EU now. So I mean, like, even though like America is still like one of those like still great experiments of of the individual freedom of expression through election, right. and even though like in a lot of ways I really I'm kind of like I really think that's a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, there's there's so much about there's so much about uh, individually, individually in letting an individual express their desires through voting, because generally speaking, people are idiots. So I mean, you don't really, you don't really want to give the the keys to the nation to a bunch of people who are who are ignorant. And that was one of the things that you know because we talked we briefly talked about this um, last night and. Uh, in stream, but you know, Socrates hated democracy, despite being that he was from the bedrock of the democratic election in Athens, because it, he felt that it gave people who didn't know any better the right to be confused by the people who did, and so you could have somebody, you could have an orator get up there and tell you like, you know, this 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 tax is going to be so good for you, you're going to just love this and it's going to make it the best thing ever, your life is going to turn around. Oh yeah, 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 yeah! It's the best, and then you find out. Well, it's it's really great for him, really. That is tight. <laughs> I I too would like to drink out of uh, Chewbacca's spinal column. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but I mean, so then you have you have this uh, this this orator who convinces you that this tax is great, but then you find out that you know this tax is great for him. And now it's like he never said anything about you in particular. He said that it was going to be great. And but like if you're ignorant and you don't know how and you don't know you don't understand rhetoric and you don't understand anything that's going on in your culture at the time, then you would be easily swayed by that. And uh he hated that. So he wanted like he basically had to pass an aptitude test in order to be able to vote in if in, as far as Socrates is concerned. Okay. And I think that I think that I we would probably ben- we as an American would benefit from that, but at the same time that would also take away like a lot of the um, the principle behind our our founding principle, which would be individual freedoms to choose. Sure, I mean um, my my take on that is yeah, I, I think we would benefit greatly from uh, an aptitude test in order to influence the direction of the country as a whole, but. That being said, the people that don't have that kind of intelligence, the people that don't put in the work to learn, um, I mean, you, you look you look at it as two different ways, or actually one way, but two different sides. Okay, you've got the intelligent people, the people that have sophisticated themselves enough to 
reason to debate to just talk it through and then you've got the less intelligent people the people that have not put the work in have not researched anything they think education is for I don't know nerds I mean they 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 spit on it they think it's it's a waste of time because who knows so you've got these people the intelligent people making decisions for the less intelligent people um, the less intelligent people generally will respond with violence and in great numbers so if they don't like the way things are going or if they feel like they're being talked down to or they feel like you know they're their intelligence or lack thereof is being insulted that's where the violence comes in so I don't think that would work I mean I, I it's 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 been shown throughout any other society that the less intelligent people get mad they start swinging they start fighting they start shooting so how, how do you get over that how do you get past that that's actually easy um, uh, the Romans called it bread and games so, like, you know, you make the decisions for the people. Mm-hmm. You just tell them, you know, this is what we're going to do. Well, I don't like that. Well, I know you don't. I know you don't, and I get that. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to load up the Circus Maximus, and y'all get in free. You know? Because we understand that you guys don't like that. But this is our concession to you. To you doing that, we are going to let you have bread and games anytime you want to. The Circus Maximus is open. There will be blood in the sand, and it will be great. Well, fuck yeah, dude. And so you give... You give so like, you do have your less intelligent people who don't realize that they're getting snookered big time. And then you give them something that they'll go, oh, well, hell yeah. Because people don't care. E- even, I mean, like, I, I understand what you're saying about resort- people being talked down to. I-, I think that you're giving people too much credit. I, A, I don't think that the people in question would actually understand they are being talked down to. B, I also don't really think that they care as long as they're being taken care of. Because I think that people's like inside uh, being incited to violence through uh, uh, what's a good word for it uh, patrimony would be to go to go to violence. Sure, but I think that if you give them something or you take care of them or you tell them like you know yeah we're we're gonna do that, but you know you're not gonna have to worry about where your source of food comes from. Well, I got I guess I can get over that. Okay. I mean, it's just like it's just like look at the look at exactly what happened whenever the the twin towers came down. What's the first thing that we did? Practically suspend habeas corpus. So like we just we're gonna like we're gonna take away essentially your freedom. You're we're gonna take away your freedom to privacy just on, on, a, on a government will. Right. And we they still have they still they still have it. So I mean, but but it's okay because you know they were taking care of us. It's not fucking okay. No. It was it wasn't okay then. It's not okay now. It will continue to never be okay. And, it, and it's that kind of it's that kind of mentality and that kind of uh, positioning that allows this kind of shit to ha- that happens with Russia, because you know now let's just say you know if, if the government is monitoring the entire country and they know everything about us now and then Russia hacks the government or you have you happen to have someone I don't know say in a very high level position of power possibly the highest position of power who's a government agent and decides that he just wants to hand the keys of the kingdom over to Russia. They've already, we've, we've had years of of being spied on by our government, right? And and it's it's it and but people were okay with it because we were being taken care of, and so to speak. it's 
I mean, I mean, as far as as far as the major the majority population that, especially in particular that you were referring to, all they knew is that the government was taking care of. Okay. Yeah. And they didn't care about it. They didn't care about anything else. We're being taken care of. Oh, okay, cool. You know, like, well, don't worry. We're gonna we're gonna defend your freedom by knowing everything about the terrorists, and we're gonna, you know, we're just gonna be able to go into their, their bank accounts and everything else, and just and just take whatever we want. All right, good, for the terrorists. Good that you're doing that to terrorists. I mean, here's the thing: how do you know they're a terrorist? You don't until you've already wrecked their lives. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's like they're they're spying on you, dog. I mean, your whole government officially just you know uh, voted themselves to be judge and jury over like the rest the remainder of your life yeah and you gave them that power that's that's exactly like that that that, okay so i don't think people give george lucas enough credit for phantom menace and how exactly the same it is as current day politics I mean, well, sure but i mean it's because he's a terrible writer well yeah i mean he basically he just makes, copy just pasted <laughs> Makes garbage choices whenever it comes to a, a, a script, you know, lead, re- lead roles, or actors. Really, listen, it is fantastic because it's way dumbed down. Uh, so, so people like that aren't really like paying attention to what's happening. They'll be like, "Hey, this this seems familiar." But you look at like when freaking okay, well, that wasn't yeah. Was it Phantom Menace or was it Episode Two? For which one? When Jar Jar granted emergency powers. That was two. That was two. Mm-hmm. Granted emergency powers to the Chancellor to form the clone army. Basically said, hey, uh, we're gonna like put all of our faith in you and put all of our eggs in one basket and like you you fix this thing. This this giant bowl of shit right here but when you're done when you when you solve that problem you're just gonna take those powers away okay okay all right i mean that that that's that's exactly what caesar did yeah i mean it, it's that's one of the things where like you know you watch you watch the the phantom mess and you watch uh attack of the clones you're like oh this is caesar so the emperor the emperor is caesar well except for that you know the emperor loses yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty fucking obvious, and like people are just like, I'm so scared. Like, how many people died during the Twin Towers? It was like a couple hundred. Twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Okay, twenty five hundred people died. In in the whole thing with uh, the Twin Towers, during nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, granted, the mortality rate in general in this country, it that's like a light day. You know, but it was scary. It was all televised. 3, 000, sorry, two thousand nine hundred ninety-six. It was televised. It was, you know, it was like a giant wound opened in our in, in our country and all of us. So yeah, mm-hmm. oh my god, we gotta do something. But the death toll, I mean, that's not a lot. Well, I mean, it it's that it's that it was a foreign, it's that it was a a foreign power effectively right in instigating three the deaths of 3000 Americans i mean like there's a there's a great a great video that i watched um where it it was okay it's it's great but it's unfortunate where they're talking about the differences between obama and and previous presidents where um so who's it um 
the Libyan uh, Muhammad Gadda- uh, Gaddafi. Gadda- Gaddafi. Yeah. yeah. So he so he kills one American, and then uh, in response, Ronald Reagan completely flattens. I think it was like three or four air bases, mm-hmm. and then goes on uh, TV and just flat says like, you know, you any attack on one American is an attack against all Americans. Right. And then and then immediately following that, they had a video where it was Obama pretty much uh, apologizing to the Islamic State for Americans, and I'm like, what? 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 <laughs> uh... and, and I think that's one of the things because we were talking about like the spirit of America before, or like what makes America like function differently. I think that's one of the reasons why. Because like if anything, like America almost functions sort of like a um, uh, a high powered mafia. Yeah. Because I mean, like, it, and, it, and it's like you know, we can fight amongst ourselves, sure. And that, there's a Charlie Daniels song that does that. The South, the South rises again, or whatever. Sure. That uh, sure we can, sure we might fight amongst ourselves, but uh, I can't remember how the exact lyric goes. But it basically boils down to like, yeah, we'll we'll fight, we'll fight each other. But if any of you foreign folk come in and try to fight us, then we'll kill all of you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's America in a nutshell. Basically, I mean, it's like you know they. Uh, uh, I loved, I love the spirit of that. Where, especially like with like again with that Reagan video, like you know the one American get the one American national gets killed, and they know it's an American national, and they kill him because he's an American. And it's like, oh, okay, well, here, we're gonna destroy all this shit. That's your shot across the bow. Yep. And I'm like that. That's your that's your opening warning shot. We Do just killed hundreds of your people and just deep six almost the entirety of your air force. Now, try it again. Sure say something. Say something. <laughs> do something. They ain't gonna be nothing. I'm gonna turn that little palace of yours into fucking rubble. And I love that. I mean, I think I think every American probably does that. And I I think that I think that whenever an American is injured or killed abroad, and then America responds like that, I cannot imagine a single American that's not like, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean that that's that immediately unites the country. Like that that's one of those things that's like you you can't it's not polarized, it's one hundred to zero. Like you, you Exactly know There's it's like it's like we would be outside, like you know, like there's Democrats, there's Republicans, it doesn't matter, like we're all Americans, we're all like fuck yeah, because like there's one you know, like there's one guy for whatever like um uh like one guy gets killed in in, in Syria that's that's American. America responds by like basically like firebombing like half of a half of a Syrian camp you know yeah. be like yeah I mean it's it's I'll tell you this much it's really easy when you know who's doing the attacking oh but sure when it comes down to terrorism like uh but or, that's the thing <laughs> we, we know we know that too because these idiots take claim you know they're like well yeah we did that like do you really want to post that I like, mean, it's like the the Boko Haram guys. Like they start shooting up the the uh, mall or whatever in Africa, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh yeah, that was us. That was us. That was us." And then like the next thing you know, like they're getting like slaughtered wholesale, like wherever they happen to be, because like the you know the African government in charge is like, "Okay, well we know now, so Thanks. No more let's go." <laughs> they just like, like, "All right, we're gonna use these guys. We're gonna we're gonna shut down the guys that are here, and then everybody else jump inside of these." Uh, these convoy trucks and we're just going to drive down to their compound and we're just going to kill everyone i mean like there's no no survivors no need it's yeah. fine it's fine <laughs> it's completely fine 
The only thing that bugs me about as far as foreign foreign powers enacting on American soil goes is that it's like we we allow some level of clemency depending on the nation doing it. And and the thing that also upsets me is that we we have even though he's very British, we have a president who is not willing to uh, keep on those American ideals right. of you know we are under attack or uh, we are under attack and then we need to do something about it. Right. He's 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 much more of like you know it. Let's just say let's just say Chad. <laughs> the the, na- the African nation of Chad in the very center of Africa just caught an American and you know what they just went completely fucking insane and they killed him I imagine Trump would probably be the kind of guy and be like we are gonna destroy Chad I mean just like the whole thing I mean like it will just be a crater in the center of Africa and but I mean like if it was Russia or a nation that could possibly fight back against America well, we're in diplomatic discussions uh-huh. to resolve this, and even though they're assholes and they're stupid and they smell terrible, I don't know. We'll just insert whatever Trumpian garbage you uh-huh. can say. But I mean, like, it's a, that's the thing. He's really good about kicking people that are that are uh, unable to defend themselves, i.e., Montenegro. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's like, we wouldn't defend Montenegro. Yeah, you would. It's in your contract. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that you're not big about actually abiding by your contracts, but I mean, like. It is actually in the contract that you fucking signed, especially you know that whole Article Five thing about coming to defense of anybody who's in the UN. Yeah, it's uh, it's in there. Read your release forms, kids. Huh? Read your read your release forms, kids. (laughs) Low budget. All right, so, (laughs) um, so I mean, I don't know exactly. Um, I mean, Dean said. What did he say specifically? He said he wants to hear about foreign policies America should have and why. Okay, so, oh, oh, excuse me, hold on. All right. Um, So now we talked about foreign powers. Let's talk about our foreign policies. Um, He wrote... Jesus. He wrote Jesus. Oh, I think he would be a lovely foreign advisor. Okay. Except for he just spent so much time getting nailed. <laughs> he said, uh, like how Canada has free health care, but taxes are high because of it. Japan has virtually no gun crimes, but takes away a constitutional right we have, stuff like that. Okay, so um, let's talk about health care. Um, so w- you see how Canada has... When, what? Every Canadian I've ever talked to or have seen speak about their health care, they love it. It is, they're like, yeah, the waiting lines aren't that bad. Uh, I don't yeah. ever pay for shit. Yeah, my yeah. taxes are high, but. Yeah. Huh? I'm just helping you. Every time like you got done with a sentence, I said A. Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> so a. what do you think about that? I mean, why, why, why is that, you know, why was that so like, oh, um. I mean, it's socialized medicine, yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. So, it works very well for Canada, or at least in their eyes. Do you you ever hear of any Canadian saying it sucks, or, hey, there's DNA, dude, Um, saying that they 
would rather have it the other way like America has it? Ever? Hell no. I don't think I've <laughs> ever heard anyone in any other nation ever say that they want to have it like America has it. <laughs> okay. Like, you know, everybody gets their own insurance policies and shit. Like, um, what, what, what do you think? Oh, I think it's, I think it's a lovely system. Socialized I mean, I think that uh, medicine. socialized medicine, yeah, because I mean, this doesn't mean people, people get crazy. You know, I, yeah, I'm more conservative. I don't particularly like socialism, but that doesn't mean that everything that's, that, that is socialism is evil. I think if you like had an overarching, like purely socialist economy, then yeah, that's bad. Especially if you had like socialist, um, uh, if you had a socialist, social, uh, a socialist ideologue in place, then yeah, you would pretty much be shit out of luck. But you know, you can take you can take things that are from horrible people and you can enact them into positive ways. And uh, I think socialized medicine is probably the best example of how socialized socialism of anything should work, should function, sure. because it. And you know, and I, I'm I'm not even going to go so far as to tout the the stupid idea of like you know everybody has a right to 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 medicine. You don't. You don't have any rights. Shock. <laughs> I know. Sorry, but I think that if we're going to have a policy about insurance, it needs to actually be something closer to that. And the only reason why we don't have it is just so that we can get like rectally destroyed by insurance companies who are paying uh paying big pharma who are paying politicians that's the only reason why i mean like that's the only that's the only possible reason we could have for not doing it right i mean because of the system already in place i mean to right. pull pull that system apart and like jesus okay i know i have malware um to pull that system apart and to you know make it anything like Canada's it's you you gotta put a lot of people out of jobs you gotta destroy companies and you know what I don't think I don't think that's I don't think that's ever gonna happen do you do you have any idea how Canada did it before um, they had uh, universal health care I don't actually. I have no idea how they did it before. Or did they? The only thing, I, could, I, mean. the only thing I could imagine is um, you can take. It's just like uh, one of the things that Hillary had proposed during the during her election cycle was basically dismantling the coal, uh, the coal mining process because of its uh, degrading uh, effects on both the people who do it and then the environment, uh, but. It, what what she had proposed on doing was taking those people and rather than just kicking them to the curb and being like, you know, coal's terrible, we're not going to let you do it. She proposed that we re-educate them and then reintegrate them in some other field that's still in the energy industry but is in a different direction. Like, right. it, rather, rather than being coal, it would be natural gas. So, I mean, you could take these people who work for the, the insurance companies and, mo and most of them already have a skill set that they could apply to other things anyway. Right. And then you can, you can effectively... Uh, reallocate them as resources throughout the company, and you don't even really have to destroy a company. You just have to make it so, like their medical, their medical insurance uh, practices that are with the government are different. Because I think that you can still pay for, like I think even in Canada, you can correct me if I'm wrong because I have no idea, but I think that you can actually still get better insurance than what's offered. I'm not too sure. I, I don't. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would imagine that like what the things that you could do is still have privatized healthcare, but then just pay more. So then like you have like whatever the government covers, but you know, you want something additional. You want more than just whatever they do or, or whatever. I mean, like, I, I don't know how it works, but I don't know how it would work like that, but I can't, ima- I can't imagine that you would be able to, or you would have to destroy a company entirely without them having some kind of recourse in their normal work process. Right. So you think coal coal is like, you know, if you take if you take the coal out of the coal factory, there is no more fucking coal factory. It's not like medical insurance. You can't take medicine out of a medical field and then be like Okay. Now what? <laughs> it's still gonna be there. It's like if you if you go to be a mortician, you're always gonna have work. Right. I mean that's that's one of those fields that never dies, but you just have to change your focus. I would imagine. Ah, they, they, die, they die a lot. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <gasps> you take that back. Okay, I, I take it back. Um. So. Okay. So like. Okay. What would what do you think would happen if we were to over the course of a year do away with privatized healthcare and put it solely on the government, but everything is covered period like in America like starting next year unemployment would go up that's for sure yeah I mean unemployment would go up immediately just because you know you'd have insurance companies being like well we don't need this many people right so I mean like you'd have to try to think of some other way to do that but I mean like what you'd probably end up doing is those same people who work for insurance companies have the same skill sets that it would take to be part of the medical infrastructure of uh the broader medical community so you could actually see with that with that amount of money because what a lot of times like what doctors are so expensive because they have to pay for lawyers uh to deal with malpractice and to that are just constantly coming up like my, my doctor back home like he was a great doctor he never had a problem with anybody but he was constant he had to have a lot of lawyers on retainer all the time right and they charged him all the time and that's why he was so extort extortionately expensive because he had to pay the fucking lawyers and then you have to pay as a doctor you have to pay the insurance company to work with them so it's like you have to pay per procedure so then like you have the lawyers that you're paying for now you have to pay for the insurance company now you actually have to pay for the fucking procedure which including which is including but not limited to paying for the people who actually work for you yeah so it's like that's why doctors like you want to know why doctors are expensive lawyers and fucking insurance so i mean like you remove the insurance you still got the lawyers for malpractice but insurance is still a big deal so you see your uh i guess like your your premium for every time that you go to pay for something for the doctor that would drop because unless the doctor's a fucking crow and then you know that so then you wouldn't have to pay as much to go to the doctor i mean because you have insurance so i guess like doctors would make more money uh by definite by by abstentia of of insurance so that's good but then you'd see them being able to turn around and it would be more i guess med, uh governmentally funded where you could have more healthcare facilities and more broader reaching healthcare facilities you wouldn't have to have them be so fucking understaffed that's fair so like those same people that like are, are running insurance companies right now they could move over into like their local hospital and probably make a pretty good amount of money yeah, I would say so. I mean, most of them are understaffed, anyways. Jesus. But I mean, how many how many times have you sat in a fucking waiting room in a at a hospital or a, a doctor's office and had to be there for like fucking like an hour and a half before they even like the lady at the front even takes your name? 
Ah, uh, I mean, actually, like a hundred percent of the time, really. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> it, it, it makes me just in, incredibly angry. Sometimes I want to throw a chair at her, just I but I know it's not her fault, but I still want to throw a chair at her because I think it'd be fun and make me feel better. Yeah, until they cart your ass out. Why not um, throw a chair at them? Like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of chairs. I mean, like there's not a shortage of chairs for you to throw at people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So Dean says, wasn't there a guy who bought a medicine and raised a price? Yeah, Shkreli. Yeah, Martin Shkreli, who was going to prison. He raised the price on it for like a thousand percent. Now as a that as a cancer medication. It was. Yeah, it was a cancer medication, and it was interesting um, because the guy is a fucking weirdo. But he had an actual reason for it. He didn't go to jail for that. No, not for that. He went to that jail. Was a, that, was a, that was an ethics crime. Yeah, that was <laughs> an mean, ethics crime. People look at it and go, you're fucked up. He went to jail because he did that, and then they put him underneath a microscope. And when they put him underneath a microscope, they found out that he did some shady uh, what stock exchange shit. Like, no, he know. stole it. He stole what? He stole the proprietary information to make that medicine. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, he, he basically bamboozled the company and then, like, shifted shit around and then got the money from the company to buy the company's property. And the company was like, the can he do that? <laughs> can he do that? I don't think he can do that. And then he, like, went <laughs> off and he was like, going to raise it by 1,000%. It was actually, like, I think it was actually, like, almost 2,000%. I mean, it, was, it was an insane amount. But I mean, like it went from like it went from like a hundred dollars a pill to like you know like almost four grand or something. It was insane. He did that, but it's weird because like yeah, he did some shady shit and he he was, <laughs> but he also like had a website that if you just went to his website and sent him an email, he would give it to you for like free. <laughs> so it was weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, he he even like. Like, he um, he explained it in, like, a Skype chat with somebody, and somebody recorded it. But basically, he said, look, the way things are right now, the reason why I have done what I've done is because it is a gross injustice as to how insurance companies and, you know, pharmaceutical companies are wrecking our nation. So I'm just basically doing it, exaggerating the shit out of it, so it is getting attention. But if you need the prescription... If you need the drug, send me an email. I'll, I'll give it to you for free. And, and tell your friend, tell anybody who needs to know about it, that privately I will give it for free. I just, when it comes to insurance companies, when it comes to pharmaceutical companies, I want the price to be sky high so it's noticed. And I thought that was interesting. That's kind of a, that's a, that's a laudable idea. It's almost like the um, a Robin Hood of, of pharmaceutical drugs. Right. Uh, Which you would never as, expect of somebody like that. <laughs> no, but at the same time, I mean, like, he could have, he could have just as easily made that public, right? Instead of just a I Skype mean, chat. <laughs> yeah, and then if he if if he had made that public, even if he did charge a price for it, even if it, if it was like a, a minor price hike, mm-hmm. just by saying that, people would have bought it in droves, right? So I mean, like, there's there's no need for you to to play the villain in a story that only requires a hero. True, very true. Because I mean, here, here's here's the flip side. He could have been the hero in every way, and then he could have demonized the insurance companies and and et cetera. Anyway, because all you had to do was just be like, yeah, I got this thing, and I'll give it to you for free if you have a prescription for it. Right. And, you know, because I know, and then make make it publicly known. 
because the insurance companies will gouge the shit out of you. And then that would immediately put all that... I mean, if, if that was his actual goal, it wasn't to make money and be a douchebag. That would have been like, here is here is the moral conundrum of what we have going on in this country right now, and then drop it square in the lap of Congress. Right. Be like, all right, your, your people are literally so fed up with the bullshit that you be cooking mm-hmm. that someone is taking it upon themselves to effectively liberate a life-changing and life-saving medication for your people and you have elected to do nothing right now what do you do do you do something or are you going to be an enemy of the people that could have worked i don't know yeah he did it really shittily and then he but, was, yeah but instead instead he was a prick and i don't and honestly i don't even believe him yeah. i don't i think i think that he was just saying that because he only says that shit after he was already in hot water for everything he already did Right. I mean, he was already being like incredibly demonized. So, like at this point, I mean, like he's like, "Well, I got to do damage control if I'm actually going to try to keep any, you know, income going." So, right. well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you if you just ask me for it. Now you're a fucking liar. <laughs> you might be right. I, that's just the story I, I mean, heard. He literally stole it. So it's like you, you are not Robin Hood. You know, I mean, you're not Robin Hood. If you're really Robin Hood, you'd stole. You'd have worn a a. You'd have worn a mask, and you'd have broken into the whole facility and stole fucking sacks of that shit. Right. And came out of there like a fucked up Santa Claus. <laughs> Didn't you just stole from people who had nothing to do with? Them. Right. Not impressed. No, not even a little bit. Yeah, like like I said, I I heard that in the news. I'm like, hmm, that's something worth at least mentioning. But it's. I mean, it's, yeah, he went about it all wrong. He could have done it so much better. He could have, like, been more in your face when it came to the government rather than, hey, this is what's happening. You guys figure it out, (laughs) you know? Yeah, 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 because he should have been, I mean, like, if that was his goal, he should have been an activist and not just been, like, a, uh, um, a a shadows critic. I mean, like, as if he had really, like, gone out of his way to make a big deal about it, I mean, like, he could have done so much more with it. But I mean, that's why that's that's really the reason why I'm like, yeah, he's full of shit. That was the same guy that bought that Wu Tang Clan album, the one that was they only made one copy of and they sold it for five million dollars. He says, "I'm gonna buy the Wu Tang Clan album and then I'm gonna distribute it." <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's what you're spending your money on, fucking asshole. That's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> that's so fucking dumb. So what other? Like I, I buy some dumb shit, but I mean, like, I, I'm not five million dollars for one fucking CD from a shitty band, you know? I mean, well, you don't have that kind of, uh, you know, bankroll, you know? You don't have that kind. I of... wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> I mean, even if I did. Yeah, I mean, let you what five million dollars you could buy? I don't know a neighborhood and <laughs> house the homeless in that area. I would be more likely to do that than I would be to buy Wu-Tang, and I have absolutely no interest in housing the homeless. <laughs> True. I understand, because Wu-Tang. <laughs> it ain't nothing well, to fuck with. I don't even know who the fuck they are. I mean, you keep saying Wu-Tang, and all, all I keep thinking about is that those old commercials with, like, the the, the watery orange juice mix and the, <laughs> and the orangutan, you know? It's, they're a rap group way back in the 90s. That I'm extra specially un- uninterested now. You're of right. I would have. <laughs> Suffer all your homeless people. <laughs> I mean, like, like I was, we're gonna build a neighborhood. 
So anyways, so okay, so let's talk more about uh, foreign policy. Um, what other countries, or what other policies do, do certain countries have that you think would be beneficial to America if we were to uh, take it in and make it policy? Can you think of any? Not really. Uh, only because, like, America tends to lead by example on a lot of that. But right now, True. the rest of the world really feels like feels like it's lost their goddamn minds with this whole. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to call it, but the PC culture. It really feels like the world has lost its mind. Yeah. And we are, we are instigating draconian laws on the majority for the sake of placating a minority and it makes me confused more than anything because I mean uh, you know as far as for supposedly being for supposedly being like a democratic system the you know the UK and uh, the European Union and America to to a degree you know that's not how democracy works right it's not the smallest vote wins right you get that right because <laughs> i mean they they like uh i know i know we're like i know the i'm all about i'm all about everybody's equal rights but like whenever you started contemplating whether or not uh when the when you start contemplating laws that are going to make it practicable for people from foreign nations to come in and establish their own governing set of rules and regulations inside of a community it makes me go no <laughs> are you fucking for real <laughs> that's uh get your own country um yeah i mean like you know, there's a reason why you're an expat right. you know i mean like you didn't move here because you, your last country was so fucking super right seriously that that blows my mind like i had uh, whatever uh, Dean says there's a country that does lashings for crimes like drunk driving and rape. The um, Philippines. The Philippines. Well, I mean, also the Philip, the Filipino president uh, literally goes out with his uh, armed guards and just plucks off drug addicts and homeless people that are drug addicts for fun. You know, <laughs> I. I'm I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally honest with you and like you, you may hate me for this but I'm I'm actually not entirely against that. <laughs> I'm not because you know there comes a point whenever you dedicate so many resources to people that are unwilling to be helped or helpful. Where do you stop? I don't think becoming a boogeyman is the right uh, approach well first of all literally going out onto the streets and killing people because you think that they're bad people um, whether or not that be true is uh, not very effective I mean it, it might be effective in ending it's like a okay let's just be objective here and not say oh my god I feel bad for those people let's just say for the sake of the end goal what will that accomplish It'll scare the shit out of people. You'll be mm -hmm. governing through fear at that point. Which he already does anyway. Which he already does. Um, and it's basically putting band-aids on it. It's like, okay, well, got one more off the street. You know, it's it it's not, to me, It's as far as, you know, being that 
being the leader of your country, being in power, you could do so much better by, I don't know, signing a few pieces of paper that change policy around rather than going out and taking pot shots at fucking drug that, addicts. That's the problem, though, is that he actually, he actually is at that point where he... Where solving it by by law enacting is actually no longer effective in the Philippines. Now in America that might work, but right. in the Philippines it, it doesn't, especially considering that right now they're facing incredible violence and um, backlash from the Muslim community who are a lot of times funding their operations through drugs. So you know, their, their, their problem comes in twofold then. So where like you have people that are homeless and that are drug addicts that are committing crimes in order to perpetuate their habits and to get money for that and then you've got you know the the muslim insurgents on on the other end that continue to do both of the above for the sake of stabilizing the government so then you have duarte who i'm not i'm not saying like you know he's doing a good thing by any stretch of the imagination but i can understand where he's at the point where like now you can almost view the foreign invader and the drug addict and the homeless person as being part and parcel of the same overarching problem so, like, and at this point, they are effectively domestic invaders. Yeah. So, at that and, point, and you... I would you eliminate the enemy, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you, you eliminate the enemy, and if, you, and, if you, and if you kill all of them, or enough of them, to where you beat the fight out of them, then your reformations for education and for, uh, you know, your anti-drug and, and whatever, then those can actually take root. Because right now, it's like... So, like, say, like, you've got, like, a huge pool of water, and it's in your fucking living room, and you really want to get it, you really want to stop it, but you only have, like, one, you have, like, an towel. <laughs> right? Okay. You know, and then you throw another towel in there. Well, man, that was cool. There's no, there's no point if the pipe in the corner continues to just, like, disgorge, like, gallons of water at a time. Right. So then, like, you know, you eliminate that first problem, the STEM problem, and then you eliminate everything else, and then now you've got, like, a complete house that you have to take care of. So, I mean, like, if he eliminates the the source of the drug problem, and then the drug addicts and the homeless people that are all imbibing of said drug problem, then he now has an effectively clean house that he can enact new laws and regulations in to bring the Philippines out of being a third world country. Now, I don't think Duarte is smart enough to do any of that. Right. I also think that with his boogeyman approach, he lets people know what's happening. And what he really if he really wants to be effective and he wants to maintain the same level of policy killing drug drug addicts and homeless people, he needs to be he needs to be doing these things by secreting people away. Which he is doing, they, by the way. They need to just disappear. He can't walk out and just shoot somebody. They need, he needs to be the benevolent or or benign ruler in the face you know, on camera and be like, oh, you know, gosh, I just really, I really wish that this country would just be better. I just want it to be so much better than it is right now. But then in a secret, he's he's making thousands of people disappear and he's liquidating all of them. And then in the end, whenever everything's said and done, and then all of a sudden, then the word works come out and be like, actually, we killed all those people. And then you kill everybody else that was involved in it. And now you get to start from the beginning. Dean says, uh, was that P.I.? Philippines? Philippines. Philippines does probably have a drug problem, but they also have a huge problem with guns. The military had them making our guns back in the day for one of our wars. Now they make a ton of guns. I'm sure they do. I mean, and send them to 
the states without serial numbers. That is interesting. I mean, so they send them to America without serial numbers. Did, so essentially, they're black marketing guns over to us. Sure. They have no other means of making money. True, but let me. Okay, so our do we have like a serious problem in the states with uh, black market guns? Absolutely. I okay, I I don't know. I haven't followed that. Well, I mean, you, you know, it's um, so like say like you know like in L.A., New York, et cetera, where like you have like a gangbangers that have multiple convictions, and right. then they get a gun. They can't. Well, I mean, like no matter what, no matter what your lib friends say, you can't walk into a place if you not like you specifically. You, uh, <laughs> I saw the look on your face. <laughs> what the fuck did you say to me? That uh, <laughs> you can't have a conviction of any kind and walk into a place and then buy a gun. You know, especially these guys that like what well, you walk in, you walk into like a a, a a normal gun store and you got like the the fucking teardrop tattoo and shit, and like you know you got like you're all neck tats and shit, and be like, I want to buy a forty five. Nope. Get out. <laughs> I know. I don't think so, sir, because you kill somebody with that. Because we like, you know, back home, and I don't know if there's everybody else, but like back home, so like if you if you killed somebody and you have like a, a, a permit for that weapon, they go to the place where you bought the gun from to look through their records. And and like in, in, in our case in Arizona, because I got the CCW for it, like they actually have to look at like my my test results. Right. And like my exam records. So I mean like that that uh, that gun store is almost held liable for what you do with that gun. Well, yeah. So I mean, you, they can't be like, God, God forbid, like there's a guy that's got, like, been there for like knifing somebody or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I bought him a gun because I believe in escalation. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's that's okay. It might be apples to oranges here, but that's the same as if you're going to get a job that requires a degree and then they call the college to make sure that you actually did graduate from there and what your scores were and shit like that. Sure. I mean, it's the same deal. They want to they want to know if it's legit and Yeah. You know. So I mean, and like that's just, that's one of the not, not really a problem in this country, but I mean, it is definitely like a uh, one of our present day overarching themes and that's um uh, accountability right. and people being obsessed with liability. And everybody wants to point the finger at somebody else and nobody wants to take responsibility for anything, even though, like, you know, the gun store owner is responsible in as much as that he wanted to make money. And if it was the guy had a noticeable criminal record, then, yeah, he's responsible for facilitation. But then they also, these are the same group of people that they're like, well, we know this guy's guilty, but that just doesn't feel nearly as just as having a whole bunch of people be guilty. So let's have this gun shop owner be just as fucking guilty, even though he stole the thing. Right. You know, and, and it's like no, that you, you should like the only person who's fucking guilty is the guy who pulled the trigger. Right. I mean, yeah, that's there. That's going beyond. Um, I mean, when somebody commits a crime such as that, they're they're going beyond because they want to like, okay, this was such a tragedy. Let's put more people in jail. Why? So it won't happen again, <laughs> which is horseshit because yeah. it's going to happen again anyway. And you know, it, and you know, on the on the back of this on, on the back of this uh, statement that Dean's making about the guns from the Philippines, this goes back to the defense of the Second Amendment, where people are like, you know, well, if you if you take away all the guns, you'll reduce gun crime. Not nope. so much, and this and this this unequivocally proves that if they are sending guns to the United States 
with uh, no serial numbers on them or just sending guns to the United States just in general, then there is a 100% you are going to have people on the street with guns and they're going to be the worst people on the street with guns. Right. The only thing that a lot of times prevents people from doing more gun crime is the fact that there are other people with fucking guns. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of uh, equals out the playing field. I mean, it you you could press a button and kill somebody instantly, but guess what? I too can press a button and kill you instantly. Yeah, it's it's deterrence, and and yeah. the, it's it's the ye oldest form of deterrence. Sure. You know, it's just like back in the back in like the day where whenever people would two people would walk into a cave, one guy's got a stone club, but by God, the other guy's got a stone club too. So we better you better keep your shit together. Thank you. I like it. I've, uh, it's grown on me. I like know? it too. The damn mustache rides. It's me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, yeah, I mean, like, deterrence is a big deal. And I know in other countries where, like, they don't have guns, like, they don't have nearly as much gun crime, but I think that also has to do with, um, uh, over time, becoming a more placid nation. And it makes me wonder about the effects of becoming a more passive and placid nation, because I think that it would be a major, a, a major degradation to the mo- moving forward of that society, because America still has teeth, right? And we know when to use them, and we know when not to use them. And yeah, there are some people that will have. That do that we do have gun crime. We have more gun crime than everybody else in the world because we have more guns than everybody else in the world. So and we and a lot, and a lot of places we have more people right. that are crammed into small spaces than everywhere else in the world. So then let's say, you know, Japan not that long ago was a nation with teeth, and now they're not. You know, so of course their gun crime is going to go down because they've effectively had like you know the aggressiveness bred out of them. It's just like with the UK. I mean, like they they have very little gun crime because they have no access to gun crime. But it seems like over time, like you know, the the uh, the aggressiveness hasn't been nurtured in them as it has been. It seems like they're becoming more stagnant as a nation. I have nothing to really back that up with. It just it's an it's a perception that I've been given uh, from from reading material that I've I've had online. Well, unless that's true, I have no idea. I mean, that could be incredibly false. It could be that nation is filled, the uh, Japan is filled with nothing but like the most masculine and muscular people of all time, and they're all body, they're all body lifting um, neuroscientists. I don't know, but it doesn't seem that way to me. I think personally, like you look at Australia for example. Um, I mean, they had one of the worst massacres, gun massacres, in the history of gun massacres at one point. Um, and they took away all the guns. But I think, I mean, when you're measuring, you know, violent crimes with a firearm kind of thing, if you're measuring that kind of stuff, yeah, uh, gun crimes went way down when we removed all the guns. But what are they doing now? You know, like stabbing people. I mean, I'm sure I'm pretty sure stabbings went up by a whole lot, or they bludgeoning did. somebody to death went up by a whole lot. People will find a way to kill each other, whether yeah. no matter no matter what. Someone's gonna die. Yeah, one way or another. I mean, I get it. Like, it's so easy to pull a trigger and end somebody's life. So, I mean, it's it's so easy to like angrily like end somebody. So, 
if you've got a knife or if you've got a you know any kind of melee weapon, it's more like stab, stab, <laughs> stab. <sighs> I'm pretty mad. Well, but you're still not dead. Stab, stab, stab. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. Uh, it just it takes a lot more out of you and a lot more contemplation as to what you're doing when you have to swing 15 times with a baseball bat. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. They're they're all like they're all like you fucking what, mate? I do I do like I did that dingo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I miss horn. <laughs> Death by did you do? Boing wang, you down not want anything. What the fuck? I just. <laughs> <laughs> That would be me. I I I I made a joke uh, that if I went to Australia, like I know that I would land, and that would be the first thing I hear. That's already what you do. Okay, I'm I'm killing. I'll just jump right into the the, the jet engine. <laughs> <laughs> Nelson says guns don't kill people. People kill people. But as in the, the words gun, the of guns uh, definitely help. Eddie Izzard, <laughs> the gun kind of helps. He <laughs> gotta be really dodgy on the heart to so go bang right at it. <laughs> I mean. That was one of the, the discussions that we had had whenever I was um, back in my back in the old training days. That like if you if you had the if you had the the moment of opportunity, you can kill people a lot faster and more effectively than with a knife than you could with a gun, especially if they're all together. I, I agree with that hundred percent. Really? Yeah. Doesn't make any noise. Yes, it's a silent way. Like you hear that? You hear that? That? And then everybody starts taking off. But oh. I mean, like if if you're like if you just like walk into a crowd, you just like stick stick stick. stick. I mean, you can get like 10, 15 people for people like, someone, someone okay? Yeah, you know, that's happened. <laughs> I know. Recently. I know it has. <laughs> and that's horrifying. You're absolutely right, but I mean, you're more likely to injure than kill, for if one. You, I mean, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, if you're a freaking serial stabber I mean you I mean, just like walk up to a guy and be like if you're like if you were one of those people that can't tell the difference between fantasy and reality and you and you and you imbibe in, in, in so much media that you're like if the if the knife blade touches a person they die make sure it's from behind if it's from yeah. behind then it's insta kill yeah and <laughs> and, and I, I'm you know and I know that there I'm sure that there are people that are like that they probably like have like a knife and be like I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do you, mate. Stick. And the guy goes, "Oh fuck!" And you're like, "You're supposed to fall. The camera's supposed to disappear, go black." <laughs> and then they kill you, fucker. <laughs> See that? That is horrifying. We're like, for one, there's gonna be some screaming, but people are gonna be like, "Why are they screaming?" And then three more, three or four more people get stabbed and be like. That motherfucker's got a knife. Then the running and screaming happens. I mean, you can't just go doot, 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 doot. <laughs> like it's. I don't know. You I don't think that's. You have work. to be. You have to. You have to be smart. Like I'm not. I, like I'm not gonna be like this is how you do it on camera because that's insane. Listen. I mean, but I'd be like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Like I was saying before, I don't think. I don't know. Okay, I'll take. I was gonna say, but that I would imagine a person that's gonna go on a stabbing spree is usually going to be intelligent, but I could be wrong. I mean, there's some pretty fucked up people out there that are pretty one smart. Of the, one of the most uh, one of the most egregious school shooting when I say shooting it involved gunpowder, but it wasn't a shooting. Uh, a professor used dynamite on his class. So, he was smart. He, was... he blew people up, but he, used, he blew people up though. Yeah, like kaboom. Yeah. So I mean, like you'd have to make it so that you can't, 
you would have to outlaw any kind of explosive device as well. Because again, July. again, <laughs> you you know, if, where there's a will, there's a way, and by God, people are going to kill people. And yeah. the the biggest the biggest thing is about how many people are in one area. Japan defies this. They defy this notion. Where you have a ton of fucking people in a small area and they're just okay with it. And that's one of the reasons why I said that I feel like as a culture that they've kind of like lost their teeth. But at the same time, they've had to because they're an island nation that's, the si- that's what, what, half the size of California and they've got the, the, the population of the United States. Yeah. So I mean like it, I understand why. But you know, this like if you have like in, in let's just say like in, in downtown New Orleans, there are so many people at any given point. Right. That if you put that many people together and you keep them there and they quote unquote live there, they're gonna start killing each other all the time. Yeah. They have to. It's just it's gonna happen. And they've they've shown this experiment with rats where like they took a bunch of rats, they had plenty of food, they had plenty of water, enough for everybody, but because there are so many in one area they started killing each other. Just because they hated each other now. Yeah, I mean, it's too many people. Fuck them. Let's let's break it down to something that we could probably relate to. Dean they says, do have a huge problem with suicide. That is absolutely true, and and that that also goes to their um, and not only goes to fight with the them being so cramped together, but also has to go with their uh, their long standing uh, issues regarding failure. Yes, failure of any kind. I mean, like they just they they are devastated by it, and I find that. Family. I find that very, very disheartening, and that that was a discussion I had with um, it was with a viewer from from another country. God, it had to have been about two or three weeks ago, but he had, was talking about how they had never heard of the phrase "if at first you don't succeed, try, try again." It's and that's almost an that's almost a purely American thing. Where that's and that's crazy. something that again separates us from from the rest of the world. Where like if you know because like Abraham Lincoln, you know, tried to be, uh, tried tried to run a general store, failed. Tried to run a, be a lawyer, failed. Tried to run for Congress, failed. Tried to run for governor, failed. And then becomes president. So, I mean, because he just kept doing it, kept right. trying, kept trying new things. And like in a lot of other countries, if you fail, well, I might as well just go fucking kill myself or farm bread or whatever. I don't know. I feel like we can relate that to this channel. <laughs> If you fail, try, try again. Look, we're going to keep doing this forever. I, well, this to me, this is a video log for my kids. So <laughs> so when you die, they can look at all the terrible things you said. Yeah, that's fine. At least yeah. I know who I was. Dean says, there was a guy recently who was finding women on Craigslist who were thinking about suicide and was killing them. Dr. Kevorkian, is that you? Oh, my God. Look, I was just uh, thinking about it. Put the gun down, dude. <laughs> I mean... Look, that would be. I mean, that's one of those like. Is it? It'll be like a moral gray area, you know? No, like, seriously, because it's like I really want to kill myself. I really want to kill you, because <laughs> that's what I'm into. That's and my you and you want to die, so we could help each other out here, and I'm just saying, you know, they're gonna have to scrubby dub the pecker tracks out of your sheet but like <laughs> you know uh, I don't know like with that is it murder <laughs> I mean yeah <laughs> I don't know 
It is. No, it, it is. I'll, I'll tell you right now. It's murder. Assisted suicide. Assisted suicide. No, it's not. <laughs> it's Assisted murder. Assisted suicide. With a handgun. <laughs> fucking nice. Some douchebag with a fucking handgun goes on a live journal. This guy feels sad. I'm going to go to his house. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you've seen my live journal. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so I was talking about the whole rat analogy or the study or whatever about, you know, people being crammed together. Just break it down to something like, um, that we can all understand. Have you ever lived in a house with, like, three or four roommates for, like, a really long period of time? Let's say more than, like, two years. And let's just say you were friends at one point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I feel like we. I should point out the past tense in that. <laughs> you were friends going into the arrangement, but by the end of those two years, you want to fucking kill them. <laughs> Why? Because people need their fucking space. They really do. I mean, you can't, like, you could be best of friends, but put put your best friend in the same room as you for two years, day in, day out, and you want to fucking kill them. Like, <laughs> just go away. I hate it when you fucking brush your teeth the way you brush it. Like, fucking... Like, it's like you, after a while, like, everything they do offends you. Yeah, you fucking pick your nose. I mean, I know I do it too, but you're, you're gross. <laughs> it's like you, 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 find, you, find, you, put just, you, you find yourself in the position where anything that your friend does, just is willing, you're, like, willing to absolutely murder him for it. Like, you know... They, the they, straw. <laughs> you, like, you know, it's like it's your turn to cook, you cook, and then they eat slightly too loud (laughs) (laughs) you're like it's the last time you fucking leave your coffee cup unrinsed in the fucking dishwasher you go to die okay so let's catch up on the chat here uh nelson says because there are so many people with lots of money and they get greedy and all they want is more money but on the other hand it's the people who need money as well in order to get food and other things, so they kill people in order to get the money to keep it for themselves, or they use the money to get food. Strongly disagree. Me too. Mostly because, like, as a society, if you if you jam pack a bunch of people and they're like sardines, they're not, they're gonna kill each other for things that not they won't kill thing kill they will kill each other for things as with less meaning than money. Right. The money, the money is is a non sequitur when it comes to things like that. Now, I mean, if you're talking about like necessity killing, like you know, uh, 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 sick Clay Miserab, uh, for, uh, not I guess not killing, but you know, going for food, uh, not money, money in order to be able to eat, things like that, because you know your society is degraded to the point of of uh, near anarchy due to uh, economic, yeah, 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 survival of fittest at that point. I mean, I don't think that's the same thing. Because people with a ton of money, they don't need to kill other people. They don't need to. They might want to, but I mean, like, they don't need to. Because their needs are being their needs are being met. They have enough money. They don't need to kill somebody else for any other thing other than the um, uh, the logos of that I really enjoyed doing it. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, let's, uh, you know, American, uh, so, uh, American Psycho. You know, I mean, like, he... I know, dream, whatever. But I mean, like, he he doesn't need to kill anybody. He doesn't have to. He has everything. He, there's, there's, he is not wanting for anything in his life except for that he wants the enjoyment and the thrill of taking a life. And so he'll kill, he'll kill somebody for it. And the, you know, honestly, the reason being because there's probably he, but he, he needs nothing. He has everything. 
He has all of his needs are being met to such a degree that he has almost no emotional fulfillment for anything else. You're because ninety nine percent, yeah, ninety nine percent of your life is about the struggle. And if you aren't struggling for anything, that you're not, you're not really, you're not actually achieving anything on a personal level. So if you're not achieving anything on a personal level, you need to find some other way of fulfillment. And the only other way to do that beyond like your normal means is to do something that you normally wouldn't ever be able to do, like kill somebody else. I mean, because you had this, you had that problem uh, back in Rome, whenever like Rome was literally doing so much for the people, keeping the plebeians happy, and they had food, and they had money, and they were doing well, to the point where plebeians started rioting, and they couldn't get them to stop rioting, because their needs were being met so well, but they were so tightly packed together that they couldn't deal with the frustration of being effectively incomplete. Right. They had no, they had no real struggle for anything. So then they had to open up the games, and then they killed some of the rioters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had to you effectively have to oppress your people to some degree Ron in order Swanson. to make them struggle. I feel because they didn't have Ron Swanson. I mean, I don't know. I don't even, I don't even know what that is. Ron Swanson was a character in Parks and Rec. He was uh, the definition of libertarian. That's that was his take on everything, and he was a. Uh, meat-eating American with a big mustache. Um, so that's Ron Swanson. But anyways. Okay, hold on. No, way. let's back that up. Okay. Let's talk about Ron Swanson for a second. What is what is Ron Swanson's definition of being a libertarian? Uh, are we talking classical, like, John Locke libertarian, or are we talking about, like, modern definition of libertarian, like um, John Johnson, or the fuck his name was? Um, his, his main view is government needs hands off of everything. Everything. <sighs> He was he was head of the Parks and Recs department, but he thought his job was completely pointless and could be done with an answering machine. Oh, so what's well, his problem? He hated the idea of his job, but he was really good at his job. So he feels feels that like government needs to be out of everything. We should have no government. Yeah, basically, it's a fallacious argument, and it's idiocy beyond words. <laughs> I mean, because. First, it's not libertarian; it's anarchist. I love yeah. people that tell me, "Like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a classical libertarian. I think that we need no government." Well, then you're an anarchist. You're yeah, not a yeah, libertarian of anything. Maybe, maybe I also, described him wrong, but no, he. Also, more. ironically, I love I love Antifa videos where they talk about how like they want like liberal this and liberal government that and whatever. Or or the even worse ones where they're talking about like they want a complete anarchy, but then they're the, they're the first ones to run to the cops. <laughs> like no 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 you stand there and you die <laughs> like, you, you stand there on like, that that is my that is my uh that is my emphasis as my as my personal desire as as a liberated person is that i want to fucking kill you <laughs> <laughs> like i you have your rights and i have my rights but because we're in an anarchy i'm going to express my rights by killing the shit out of you and your job is to try to either kill the shit out of me or get away I guarantee you that I'm going to kill you. <laughs> that is going to be my expression of your anarchist government. And anybody who flies a fucking Antifa flyer should just get gunned down because I think this shit would be fucking ironic and funnier than hell. Like, I mean, yeah. Because it's like, like cops. I mean, like if if, if there's a little little UC Berkeley because I just, I just they're 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 my 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 target because they always allow everybody to do whatever they want to. Right. I would love if like they throw the Antifa flag up. That's for the the anarchy because I know Antifa has like a whole bunch of stupid little flags like that have different meanings. As soon as like the cops like see them throw up the one that's just for anarchy, they go all right, let's go guys. 
and then just leave and then let the right wingers in and just beat the shit, beat them to death right in the street. <laughs> I mean, like, you got what you wanted. You're welcome. Big government left. <laughs> that I mean, that would be very, very pleasing. Um, what I was saying before, we were, actually had this discussion about the... Um, about rich people in general. Okay, so we have a friend that's um, very well off and uh, money is no longer an issue. Um, and so we were just talking like, okay, so we have never, I don't want to say we, you know, myself, have never been in a situation where money was not a problem, you know? It's, you can't even begin to comprehend not having to struggle, you know, week in and week out. So we started thinking about, you know, famous people. I mean, uh, what's her name? Dua Lipa, I think it was. No, it was Demi Lovato. She apparently uh, OD'd on heroin recently and everybody was all shocked and shit. Dude, she's fucking super rich. She's like um, one of the top pop female stars today. I'm like, yeah, when you get that much money and you're really good at what you do, you don't have to try anymore. So you want to get more and more excitement out of life. So why not try heroin? Why not fucking do some coke? Like, that that's that's a lot of the motivating factor for, you know, these movie stars and these freaking rock stars ODing on shit. It's like, well, life is pretty fucking boring. Let's see what this does to me, you know? So, I mean, it's that, or killing people. No, I mean, how many movie stars and rich people have you seen go on killing sprees? That's just crazy talk. That's yeah, weird. I mean, well, I mean, real real talk, like, as far as, like, percentage of people who have ever actually gone on a killing spree, it's incredibly low. Yeah, true. So, I mean, like, you know, if we, if we took, like, the entirety of Hollywood and then averaged it out throughout the entirety of the world, they probably still haven't hit the percentage of people who have actually gone on mass murder rampages. Right. So, I mean... That they they would be following the overarching uh, statistical trend of people who haven't committed mass murder. <laughs> just imagine, <laughs> fucking Sean Penn. Just <laughs> Sean bo- Sean Penn is practically a mass murderer. <laughs> well, he bores me to death. <laughs> he, I mean, I I could probably fill up a fucking bathtub with the bullshit that he's cried about. God, <laughs> I hate Sean Penn. Everybody, lock your door. Sean Penn's coming. <laughs> I had to lock my guns away. He would be somebody I would shoot. Just be like shut. I just want I just want you to be quiet forever. <laughs> forever. Uh, that's my only goal. Forever. No, I think one of the problems that people have is that they, they don't. I mean, like I know this is this is just like this is one of those moments where like Neil's just gonna roll his eyes at me. They don't have enough. They don't. They don't spend enough time thinking, and they don't have enough time. They don't have. They don't have enough philosophy in their lives. Because, I mean, this is uh, a, a classic, it's a classic uh, aristocrat problem that even uh, back in the 1650s when Rene Descartes was writing his books, he was encountering a lot of uh, higher-bred people that were suffering the same problems because they, they had everything, and they, didn't, they had overwhelming depression. They didn't understand why. And so then he said, well, the majority of the reason why is because you're not spending enough time actually thinking. You're not spending enough time thinking. You're not spending enough time actually reflecting on on what what is actually life, right? And he wrote just a whole 
variety of books based on his discussions with the princess of Sweden at the time who was suffering from uh, uh, huge bouts of depression based off of that, that exact same thing that she didn't understand like what her purpose in life was and he pretty much told her that nobody knows what that is and nobody will know what that is because everybody's purpose is different right well I mean you also have to understand that these people I, I think it's just incredibly selfish in general you get to the point where you're a mega star and you're like you know I've donated a charity here and there and felt good kind of but let's try heroin like it doesn't like compute with me you have more money than God you have houses cars your family is set for life their their freaking kids their kids kids all set you're like good I did what I was supposed to right right but you look at like fucking Bill Gates for example one of the richest men on this planet what does he do um I'm gonna form a foundation and help other countries stop the spread of disease they're like I mean he's like the him and his uh, wife Melinda are one of the biggest combatants against malaria in third world countries mm-hmm. which is huge I mean yeah like I have basically infinite money what should I do with it I don't know maybe fucking help people <laughs> like that can't help themselves I don't know but yeah you don't see him fucking shooting up and snorting coke I mean or at least maybe he keeps it keeps it pretty private it's it just goes with his, his cereal in the morning i don't know yeah <laughs> poor poor heroin with your wheaties <laughs> so you can you can lift really hard and sleep <laughs> i don't know it's just it just doesn't like, fucking make sense like, to you cut your wheaties and you're lifting weights you're like do you see all these fucking dragons though <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I, that's I think just that, the way i see it you know i i think that a lot of it is that you know you have these artist types that they're very creative, but they're very weak-willed people. Yeah, and they they don't know they don't know enough about anything, and they so they resort to people either f- like putting things on them, like you know you should do you should do heroin because it, you know it's what everyone else is doing. You know, like the old dare shit that they used to tell us in school that people would say to you, everyone's doing it, you should buy some. You know, I mean, like, it, the, these people are so, they're so disconnected from reality that at this point that, I mean, like, they're probably like, oh, well, if everyone's doing it, I want everyone to like me. Well, I, I guess I should do that. And it, it just, to me, if you, if you're in that, if you're in that high castle and then you start going for this level of recreational drugs, then all it shows to me is that you're a weak-willed individual. Of course. I mean. Because you, you don't spend enough time here you need something more, and that's sad. This is incredibly sad. I mean, you you look at like uh, what was his name? Fuck. Uh, lead singer of Alice in Chains. I know. Damn it, I can't remember his name. Anyways, you know he OD'd on heroin, and that was the end of his life. But, I mean, you listen to his music, and you listen to, like, the shit he's gone through in life, and it's like, dude, you lived a pretty fucking sad life, and you had all the money in the world to to turn your life around, but you just couldn't do it. I mean, I, I don't know, like, 
I, I don't know. I mean, he was an incredibly creative person. Uh, Lane Stanley was his name, by the way. Now I can remember. Um, but, I mean, he had no direction. Like, I think he started being on heroin, you know? Like, Jerry Cantrell was the uh, guitarist. Uh, Lane Stanley was is the lead singer. He's passed away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that at that point, it's not like... You know, I gotta keep up with the Joneses and shit. It's more of a, this is my life and I can't get out of it. But let me sing about it and let you guys know what it's like. I don't know. I mean, some some people are more 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 about the art and more about you know expressing the struggle they're going through than they are about. I got nothing better to do, you know. Mhm. But that's I, because I, those people actually have like their heads on straight. Uh, you wanna reach out or you want me to read it? Go for it. So, uh, Dean says they need to bring back Ozzy. The Osbournes were just for Ozzy. There's some Zach Wilde in it called Surviving Drugs. I agree with that. There was an article I read that um, scientists actually took like a substantial amount of drug culture, or, uh, uh, biological cultures from Ozzy, specifically because he's, he's done so many drugs they said he should have been dead several times over, and they wanted to find out how he survived it. And right. they, were, they, were, they were interested in how he survived it so they can see by helping people get off drugs. Oh. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. So he was all about that. Uh, Nelson D says, and the stars will do these drugs and crimes, and a lot of the people and children who look up to them do the same things that famous people are doing, and they think that they're high in life. And then I made my comment, when they are not really thinking about how bad their lives are, trying to change it. Because, I mean, if you don't get your ass up and try, you won't even be able to change your life. Right, and... And again, I think this is because we we as a we as a culture are failing in the education department especially in in as in as much as we are not giving young people in particular any direction as far as uh what it means to actually try to lead a good life and to have people actually understand that there is more to life than than money and success and though uh though imitation is the most endearing form of flattery those people who seek to give that kind of culture that uh drugs and mayhem and whatever they that they don't see that it's effectively morally bankrupt then that also is a reflection on on us as a culture yeah and though we allow people to have any kind of decision making power in what they do with their lives the fact that we aren't arming them sufficiently to be able to go forth and make a be a productive either a productive member of society or at least have a one of strong ethical or moral character that is again a failure on us and where you're with your comment because if you don't get your ass up and try you'll never be able to change your life that's true and you know and and uh and and the majority of friedrich nietzsche's work where he describes the will to power of being able to effectively change things on your own and should have always have the willpower to do it you should you should always try to move forward making your life as good as you possibly can but a lot of people can't get over the things that have happened to them in their lives that have brought them to this point which was which even though like it sounds kind of almost counterman to other Nietzsche's work he also came up with the idea of Amor Fati which is the love of one's fate where you describe where you think about the things that have happened to you in your past and you don't just accept them you love them 
because that is who you are now. It's everything that made you what you are right now. And that all of those things should make you to be a more driven and a more fierce advocate of your own life so that you can go forward and change things for yourself and for everyone around you for the better because you want to. And that's something that I think is really missing in our culture right now is that we have people that are doing all these things for imitation. Let's just say, you know, I really like, I really like a, a, a pop star, but then this pop star is doing heroin. Well, they're doing and I should do it then because I want to be just like them. That, that is, that is a person, that is a person of mentality of someone who is incredibly weak willed and incredibly low in both personal and personal moral and ethical fiber. So you, that we have effectively bred someone to follow someone who is also probably following someone. Right. And it, it's, a chain, it's a chain reaction of weak wills that needs to be broken off at the education level. Whenever they're in primary school, they need to be taught the art of critical thinking. And we're not doing that anymore. It's something that needs to happen in order for us to, as, as Americans to actually have a society that will last another fucking, I don't know, 50 fucking years or whatever. That's that's what I've run into a lot and, and thought about a lot. It's, you know, our, our public schools and our, especially like, you know, K through six, it's all about this is what it is and not why it is. It's, it's always about math, the numbers, the, the facts that happened before, but the critical thinking isn't there. You're absolutely right. It's never about why things are the way they are. And I, I can think... I think I understand why, and it's probably because I think when you you hand somebody the facts, it can be interpreted different ways by different people, uh, especially when you're talking about like history and you know social studies stuff like that. Look, this is how it was. We all saw it as being terrible, but what do you think? You know, I, I don't know, but I think coming together as a society writing the history books and saying this is what we've done so far this is obviously bad. I mean because we, we already have that that mentality when it comes to like World War II and how Hitler you know massacred all the Jews and blah 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 we are I mean that's taught in schools as Hitler was an evil man basically so that is a very driven very you know, narrow-ended um, uh, discussion because to the history teacher can literally just say to you, yeah, he was a bad man, he did bad things. But when it's something that's not so black and white, as far as critical thinking is concerned, how, how do you teach that to kids? How do you tell kids, hey, this is wrong, this is right, because you don't really necessarily want your teacher teaching, you know, the... Uh, the thing you may not agree with. What, what, what do you think about that, Frank? You absolutely should have your teacher teaching to you stuff that you don't agree with. Okay. Well, not you, 100%. but the parents. No, no, I know. I mean, okay. like, if my if my kids, if my kids don't, if I don't agree with what my teachers, what the teachers are teaching, they need to, they need to know it. I mean, because um, every every piece of information, regardless of its source, is important. Because it lets you make a decision. <laughs> it lets you make a decision on what you find to be correct. And 
the process of, of teaching someone to have critical thinking skills isn't really relegated to uh, a specific subject. It's just always about, you know, what do you think? How does that make you feel? You know, it's the old uh, rather trite, um, what is it, uh, things that they used to say like back in the 90s and 2000s whenever they are making fun of psychologists. How do you feel about that? <laughs> How do you feel about that? I mean that's that's kind of like where that's kind of where it, like it really goes because you you need to think about like what does it mean to you like okay well this means to me that you know let's just let's just take the same example we're talking about like well Hitler was a bad man was he why well he killed people so we kill people all the time why was Hitler bad well because he killed a specific group of people so why why is that bad. Well, he was trying to make his—he was trying to make his country better by killing people. Okay, well, he's trying to make his country better. You know, it's like you have to have like that struggle for you know finding the right uh, morality and what you're looking for, and by asking and by refuting an answer and making someone struggle to give you a correct answer, you can find an answer that makes sense for you, and that's really what's the basis of critical thinking. Right. So, like, I mean, even like whenever I was in school, teachers would get mad as hell at people that would be like, "Well, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that," and then they would have to keep, well, "I don't understand why he, why, why, what that means." You know, they would keep saying it over and over again. It would make the teachers would get exasperated trying to explain it, and I'm like, "No, this is why you exist in this building. Yeah, I you're mean... here to substantiate this book. I mean, fuck, I could go home and just read this. I don't need you." Right. You know, I mean, like, you need to explain to me why this means anything. And if if you are getting upset by, ha- I mean, like, it, okay, there's a difference between someone who's just being an asshole and then somebody who just is like, I need to know why. And it feels like we're we're turning out children that are just stare blankly, and then we ask them a quiz, and then you know, it's whatever. You know, they got a they got a ninety nine percent on their tests. Oh, Tommy's a genius. And then, like, they get, you know, because they get to me, you know, at the workplace, and I'm like, tell me, what's the capital state that you live in? I don't know. Tommy, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, my, my parents and my teachers said that I was great. Well, they fucking lied to you, Tommy. You're not great. You're dumb as hell. I'm like, you need to get out and you need to fucking read a book. Actually read a book. Don't memorize sections of it and then regurgitate it at me at will actually understand what the fuck you're reading think about what you're actually ta- what, think about what you're actually talking about what you're actually reading you need to really think about it I mean uh, uh, we were talking about Descartes earlier Descartes used to spend sleep not only sleep but he used to wake up at 6 and lay in bed until 11 thinking just thinking that was all he would do was just think and, and that's, a, that's an, a, such an important skill and it doesn't matter where you do it you just need to think about f- literally anything Right. Just take it apart in your head, put it into small digestible pieces, and then take it apart all until you can find like a more comprehensive solution. If it's a broader, if it's a broader subject, take it apart until you can understand it. And these are all skills and, and that they don't teach in schools right now, and, it, no. and it, it, it's infuriating. So I'm hoping that when my kids go to school, they'll take this information to those. If they take this information with them, so whenever like uh, a teacher will tell them, like you said, have a. Uh, I'm sure that my kids are going to get sent to principal's office constantly, but like they, you know, whenever they they say, uh, "Well, Hitler was a bad man because 
you know, because he was he was a bad man because because why? But because he was. Well, just because someone is a bad, you say someone's a bad man doesn't make him a bad man. Principal Zavas, <laughs> you said Hitler wasn't bad. That makes you a Nazi. I mean, <laughs> in this day and age, if you say, if you if you want if you want if you want to refute any information presided over by an authority, it usually will end up making you either like one extremist or another. Yeah. Like you can't you can't just have an opinion. Right. 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 What do you think about everyone gets a trophy? Uh, I think that it breeds a society of weak-willed individuals that don't know the repercussions of failure. I think it breeds I, complacency. It does because if everyone if everyone's a winner and no one is a loser, then you there's are no giving. Yeah, there's no competition. There's no there's no incentive to move forward. Yeah, there's no. And if you there's no. But, urge or drive to get better at right. what you're doing right you know so go back to tommy you know like well i got i got you know first place trophy and and uh, my t-ball uh team so did everybody else tommy you are not fucking special <laughs> right there's nothing good about you tommy i mean like i sat here at this interview for you for like 45 minutes and i haven't found one good fucking thing about you <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's actually very counterproductive uh, to to real life. I mean, to be honest, everything in in life is competition. I mean, you're always striving to make more money, always striving to do the best, and and competition breeds excellence. And right. you take that away, especially at an early age, you're just grooming them at an early age to be shocked when they do get slapped in the face with real life. Mm-hmm. And that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's as you know, we're gonna. I'm gonna keep picking on Tommy. You know, it's like you need to beat Tommy. You need to be better than Tommy because fuck Tommy. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's the mentality that you should have, especially like especially like as an American. You know, like whenever it comes to like being a captain of industry, like I want to be the best. Like I'm, I I will not, I will not. Like no one ever was. For, like no one ever was. I will not <laughs> suffer for um, what, the, what, the, what was it? The kid's name? God damn it, Gary. Is it Gary? Ash versus Gary. No, no, the, uh, the other kid. Yeah, Gary. Ash. Yeah, I'm gonna be Ash. I'm not gonna be Gary. You know, because fuck Gary. Gary sucks. <laughs> I'm gonna be best like no one ever was because you know Gary can suck my dick. I mean, and and that's you know whenever it comes to like especially in, like in like in the workplace or in a competitive atmosphere, you have to have that mentality because otherwise you're gonna be like, well, it's just a game and everyone has fun. No, fuck them. I mean, like, at work in particular, you know, because then otherwise, like, you're just really boring. <laughs> well, as far as what Dean says, like, at, at that level, I agree, but at a young age, you can build confidence, but obviously not to the point it's at. I think right. that... I mean, like, if you've got, like, a bunch of five-year-olds that are, like, trying to play, you know, um, soccer, then, yeah, they all get a fucking trophy. Even if it's, like, you know, if you have three teams... And one person gets a first place trophy, and the next person gets a second place trophy. One person gets a third place trophy. I mean, everybody got a fucking trophy, and that's fine. That's perfect because they're five, you know. And you tell them, well, you you need to do better. You'll you'll do better next time. I do it to my kids all the time. Like you know, um, my my daughter beats the crap out of my son. You know, well, well at at you know playing sports or whatever. I'd be like, well, you know, you have to do better next time. You know, you you can do better next time. You have to work at it. You're not going to be instantaneously better. Right. And, and I think that's what's also extremely important. Absolutely. Uh, I I don't know. I still don't know if I would 
be okay with. I mean, not that I really have a say in the matter, but I, I don't I don't really care for the trophies, even at younger ages. I mean, there should be, you know, team pictures and, you know, your little picture at the end of the season kind of thing, and that should be fine. But at that point, I mean, you dumb down the game so much, it doesn't matter. I mean, the game doesn't matter. You're really just learning how to play at that age. You look at, like, sure. fucking baseball, it's, it's t-ball. You look at soccer, they reduce the size of the goal <laughs> by, like... 80%. So, I mean, it's... It doesn't matter. You're just learning how to play. And yeah, I, I wouldn't even call it a trophy. You get a participa participation uh, plaque that says, you were here and your team was in 17th place. You know? <laughs> Who fucking cares? You did it. You're a kid. Kids need to be kids. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking one about of, One of the things that's really important about giving them a trophy, one of the reasons I can understand it, even if like you know they were in 17th place or whatever at that at that young age is that it, it's trying to give them incentive to get back out on the field sure okay you've got something for it you know what i mean like so or you know the other the other repercussion is you know well i i did i worked all that hard i didn't get anything for it i'm just gonna sit in my house and play video games you know or i worked really hard i got something for it it's just a participation trophy though and let's go let's work harder at it next time Dean says the reason I brought it up was that my daughter gets so down on herself for not winning something that she doesn't want to do anything else at all <coughs> I, th I know that's, a, that's what I'm saying like that's that's part of the that's part of the con that, that, I mean I understand I understand the I understand that but you know you, we need to like uh, everything is good because it can build our confidence to work harder and I, and I do I agree with that, that it, to build confidence to work harder but it's also important to impart on her as I'm, as I'm sure that you are that you know a, a, a material a material reward does not equate success right that's success what, that's success is effort and success is what you as an individual took from the experience so though she didn't get a trophy from it she showed the gumption that most people her age probably would never have to get out there and do it and even by even in failure find victory because me, she's taken something from it. Let me give you a, a little piece of advice, uh, a method that I typically use, and you might even use it for yourself. It's called progress pictures or progress reports, basically. I mean, okay, so if your child is doing soccer or baseball or they're singing or dancing, who knows? Film it all. Film it, like, just even just like five to ten minutes of it of a game or a practice or a rehearsal or recital, you know, you name it. Film it beginning, middle, and end, and a little bit in between of those. And when your child, or even yourself, like if you're, maybe if you're, you know, trying to work out, trying to get stronger, trying to lose some freaking weight, who knows, make sure you take progress pictures. Because when you're sitting there and you're looking at yourself in the mirror or you're just sad because you didn't get the part you wanted or you, you're... You're, you've been benched, who knows you can sit there and look at the progress that you've made thus far and be like, you know what, I was that shitty back then, but I've come a long way and I think if I keep on doing what I'm doing I can be that much better in this much time so I think that alone minus any kind of trophies you might get would be a, 
good enough motivator, in fact, better than any other trophy, to know that how good you are now as opposed to how you were originally and how much further you can go. I mean, you, you look at the greats like, you know, these professionals and, you know, the athletes and, you know, all these people, and you see, you see, you know, like, what was the whole Michael Jordan story that he got, uh, they said that he would never play basketball or he got cut from his college or high school team and he went on to be one of the best fucking basketball players ever. I mean, that's, you know, fantastic and inspirational story, but for your own personal journey, I mean, you can, you can equate how far you've come in that amount of time and kind of have an expectation of how far you can go in that much time going forward. Might not be true, but it's something to, to, to at least have for a frame of reference. Ding. Nelson also says, tell your daughter that uh, she's amazing and it uh, it's all about how good she does and I think that she's the best anyway. doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> and my opinion matters more than most other people's. In Frank's little world. <laughs> my, world's, my world's pretty broad, dog. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, man. Nelson says, with the marching band I'm in, when we go to competitions and get excellent, we might feel sad that we didn't win, but we'll work harder to try and to get superior I mean that's cool I was in marching band for like six years and to get an excellent is not bad at all I mean you gotta understand there are bands out there that get goods so uh, superior and superior with distinction is definitely something to strive for but it could have been worse and you've, you've gotten to a point to where you can at least distinguish yourself to the judges as excellent and I mean that says something so yeah, absolutely work harder. You, you, you've you shown that you can get somewhere, so keep doing it. Of course, like the thing about the thing about that though is that, you know, you get, you get, you have that desire to get to superior from excellent, but right. it's also collect. It's a collectivist desire, right? And as a as social creatures, that kind of mentality spreads among people like wildfire. If you have people like it that are like minded. It really doesn't take very much to get one person to just say out loud, we really need to get superior next time, and everybody else immediately jump on board with it. Especially if you're all like effectively in the same boat, like you would be in a marching band. Yeah. It's so, like a I mean, support you, group. Yeah, it's like and it's it's like it's like going to the gym you know, going to the gym with a partner. You're more likely to stick going to the gym if you have somebody with you than you would be if you're going by yourself. You know? It's that that collectivism that's collectivism working in in your favor in some in some way it's that mob mentality yeah man and on that note i think we're gonna wrap this thing up yeah man it's almost three o'clock in the morning you're such a trooper frank i you know i do the best i can i mean i i read too much hey you know what we should do we should talk about the reading thing oh so Frank's reading, Frank's reading Rainbow. So Frank's reading Rainbow. I guess that's what we're calling it now. The thing we just made up just now. Um, <laughs> so since uh, Frank likes to read a lot of books and at great length, and uh, to tell people about how much he reads and make you feel shitty for not reading. Wow! Um, he, Someone's projecting. <laughs> he is gonna start a book club, basically. So um, if you guys read a lot, 
and are interested in having Frank read a book with you or something of that nature, he'll read anything. Or and if there's a book that you don't want to read and you want to know what it is <laughs> or what's in it, I'll read it. So it'll be fun. Yeah, just send in your requests or whatever, and uh, Frank will read it, and he'll probably make a, a short video on it, um, on what he thinks about it and what he took away from it. So definitely let us know. Uh, you can mail us at mail at dastardlygentleman.com. You can send us a tweet. We're at dastardlyman. You can like us on Facebook. Um, I mean, we're not hard to find. We're freaking everywhere. In fact, I've, I check lately, and any time you type in the word dastardly into Google, we immediately pop up. That's awesome, by the way. Uh, so yeah, just just find us and we'll be happy to um, take your feedback to heart and you know make something out of it. I mean, this specific King podcast, King, this specific podcast was you know put together because of Dean Tisdale here um, and the commentary. Uh, we he thought of a good topic and here we are talking about it at two hours in. So please let us know. Um, if you want to hear more of this or more like this, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, you'll get notifications when we go live again. Um, you know, if, if, if you just want to watch our podcast, that's fine. But we also do a lot of video game streams as well, so feel free to skip that. Or don't. Um, up to you. But that being said, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for uh, dropping by and being a part of our show. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, look at look at this photograph. Like just about every time I do it, seriously just starts making me laugh.